This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and today we're in the offices of Sean Manning. He is the CEO of Payroll Vault. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Sean, tell us a little bit about your business and who you serve. Yeah, great question. The payroll industry is a little bit unique that there's not a whole lot of national brands that bring localized payroll service to business owners. And Payroll Vault is actually a localized concept for payroll services with a national footprint that basically helps small business owners be more successful in managing their people and their payroll processes in order for them to be more successful in running their business and, and really helping to manage their people to make them happier. So Payroll Vault's an organization, a franchise system that is really designed to be the number one alternative to the corporate model of payroll services and bring it really local and responsive to business owners. You run a CPA firm as well. I do. Yep. And so for you, what was the genesis of the thought process behind Payroll Vault? You know, having a CPA firm, our focus there was also small business. So we did accounting tax, a little bit of payroll consulting to business owners. And I really love the advice uh, end of working with business owners. When you open up to them and ask for them, what do you need? How can I help you? What's your biggest need? It was funny because payroll service, kind of technology, how to be a better business owner always kind of came to the top. And after about 15 or 20 years of kind of organically growing that payroll, we said, hey, this is a bigger need. We need to absolutely create a new brand, find a way to better serve, bring all the tools together. So we have HR tools, we have page go workman's comp, we have uh, time clock tools, all electronic delivery, paperless environment uh, to really help business owners be more successful. So payroll vaults basically sprung out of a need from the accounting firm in order to service our clients better. And it really, once we rebranded it, took off in the local market. That led to a lot of new opportunity with helping other accounting firms possibly consider that type of service. So a lot of national speaking, a lot of education brought us forward in, in regards to the opportunity to help others tap into this market and service their clients better. So that directly led us into franchising so we can basically offer everything we can to a person that wants to service that need that payroll service need that is growing. Compliance is getting a lot more complicated. Federal level is pretty complicated, but actually the state level is where things are accelerating for business owners to stay compliant with payroll laws. So, you know, a long kind of answer to your question, but you can see the migration that happens uh, when you own a business like an accounting firm and really identify a need for payroll services and then create a brand and a system that can help them. You know, one of the things that I was, as you were talking, you said we rebranded at some point. Yeah. I believe business, you have to have a very focused thought process. And although we actually were doing payroll services for about 80 companies, small businesses at the time when we rebranded, but when you rebrand, you really identify as to who you are and how you serve. Uh, so the minute we created a sister company, basically, with under the brand Payroll Vault, and people identified with what that was more clearly. It does it at three levels, not only from a client level, but it also from a staffing and management level. People identify with who they are within the company, 
And then even for leadership, it helps me focus different needs. So the accounting firm and our payroll service brand have very different needs from me. So it allows me to focus in on what those needs are. When did you take and rebrand? What year? That was in 2008. And so you've been running Payroll Vault for a decade. Yep. What's your penetration or franchise level across the country? Yeah, we're at a, a pretty fast pace. So oddly enough, most of all, all of our growth has been organic. We now have 42 franchise locations. Well, we started Payroll Vault, the original brand in 2008. We franchised in late 2012. So effectively 2013 was our first year as a franchise system. Uh, we now have 42 locations in about 22, 23 states now. Very broad scope. We have offices all the way from Hawaii to New York. So yeah, it's, it's growing at a fast pace, but also at a pace that's very manageable for us. We're excited. You know, I was, I was on your website, Payroll Vault, this morning early. Um, you have received a fair amount of recognition for your work. Yeah, you know, it's kind of fun. Little events like this, right? Getting the word out, letting people know we're available. We've won several awards within the franchise space. Thankfully, you know, our franchisees are great, great people to work with, and they rate us very high with the service level we provide them. We're constantly looking for opportunities, right? So when you get a rating from your franchisees and even clients, the good thing about that is you always identify two or three areas where you can improve. And this year was a major focus year of taking maybe two or three areas where we felt we can do some improvement and focus in on those. So we're actually really excited. This year, we're going to release some things that are really going to help our franchisees grow and probably service their clients at at a higher level too. In fact, there was a a young woman that was out of Mobile that was recognized as one of your franchisees. Yes, Katie Galt. Amazing team there. Her mother also owns an accounting firm, Karen Simmons, and kind of one of those almost like a ideal franchisees where family definitely looking for opportunity. Mother wanted to help create a legacy for her family and Katie's a amazing business owner. And they've really taken payroll vault to the top level in their local market. And then oddly enough, one of the franchise system People that rate success in franchise identified her as a high achiever and labeled her as a rock star in franchising. So pretty excited for her. So autographs are necessary now. Yeah, she's probably happy to do that now. I love it. A couple of questions. One, I want to talk about the business owner and why they should reach out to Payroll Vault and what problems it solves. And then maybe two is with Ms. Galt. What do you think the key components were that really helped her be recognized and grow? Mm-hmm. And then three, if somebody's listening, go, I need to know more about what you guys do and how I get involved. So, you know, people ask me all the time, what do you do? What does Payroll Vault do? And my answer to that is we help business owners be more successful in managing their people so they're happier and can really contribute to the company. And they're like, excuse me, what does that mean? And I go, you know, we help business owners be more successful and manage their people. So we do that through a payroll service that actually identifies. We take a very consultative approach when we sit down with a prospective client. Uh, and really, it is a prospective client. We want to make sure they're a good fit for us because we leverage technology. We find things that are going to make them more successful. We find ways to make their employees happier to receive their paychecks consistently and in an easy online fashion. So it's it's a very seamless process to really help business owners be successful. Not only that, but we take it kind of to another level and 
if you have a business, we're going to look for opportunities where we can help you otherwise. Do you need a new bank? How's your legal representation? Do you need an attorney for a will? So we were very well networked. We have a lot of centers of influence. And that just allows us to kind of take it to a new level with regards to helping that business owner. So we want to be a top advisor to them, not only provide them payroll services, but be a top advisor. Katie and Karen in Mobile are very well connected in their community. And they literally live that. They're there to help their clients be more successful. And they also build amazing teams of people around them. So the people that work there love their job. They love the culture. They love the foundation that they're getting from their leadership to service their clients at that high level. So to kind of answer the third part of that question, who might be interested in this opportunity? You know, obviously people that have the technical skill are great. They probably have the foundation, good with numbers. But honestly, the payroll business can be a lot of fun. You're out meeting people. You're helping business owners be more successful. Your clients are calling to get important questions answered and you can be a top advisor to them. So actually our payroll vault brand is a very rewarding business opportunity because you can really take this to the level that you want. You can be very technical. You can be out in your community out networking and having fun. And and really the long-term benefits is that this business is transitional to multi-generations. So if you have kids or family members, that might be a good fit for this business long-term. You can transition it to them. My son's actually 16 years old. He's working at the mall at a local retail place. And I, I don't know, he probably has that communication bugging him or something. But the other day he sent our salesperson a referral. He, he was talking to a business owner and he brought up payroll vault and payroll services. And the gentleman said, Hey, have your team call me. I'm interested in your dad's business. So it can be fun, right? And for our son to be enjoying that makes it interesting. You know, I think about as an employer and you're trying to communicate your value proposition to your employees. Mm. And so you have your back end, you have all the benefits and so on. What are you hearing from the employees when the employer adopts payroll vault? They usually are pretty shocked at what tools and resources are available to make their, not their job easier, but the receipt of a paycheck. So everything's online. Obviously, we do direct deposit, but we also bring to the table reporting and knowledge around, do people need a scheduler? So one of the hardest things for employees is to know their schedule and to get it in a timely fashion. So oftentimes we have to identify that as a need because the business owners maybe haven't asked the question. And when we bring that in, the business owners call us and say, oh my gosh, our employees love what you did for them. And so it's it's knowing what business owners need and kind of coaching them through the process. And then when you find a success story, obviously you want to share that so other business owners can see the value in it. So there is a direct impact to employees and how they can be more satisfied at the jobs they're at. Yeah, well, and a lot of times employers don't really identify the benefit package very well. So everything is about the hourly wage or the salary. So we always want to coach them through, there's additional benefits that you're providing your employees, and these could be one, a good schedule, uh, timely reporting. Healthcare. Yep. 401k, retirement funding. A lot of business owners don't even know what options are available, so we can help introduce that. 
And we actually go into the employer's place of business and help educate the employees when it's time to do that. The really great thing about the Payroll Vault brand is we also support other colleagues, right? In the financial services, the insurance, HR, all of those different components we can bring to the table through other professionals that actually do a really good job supporting the employer and the employee when those needs are, are identified. We talked before the episode, and I mm-hmm. said it would seem like accounting and CPA practices would be a natural for this. And what would be the prototypical type of account or CPA that might be interested in this type of service? Obviously, they have the technical skills. The one thing is sometimes that could be a little bit of a deterrent. They might be too technical. So you have to have a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. And even better is probably more of a good management and leadership skills. That's an area that I've been working on too, our organization works on. So if they identify themselves as a very good candidate, obviously give us a call. We have a very thorough review process and discovery day so people can really make a good decision. We can help them and we can identify them if they're a good fit. But yeah, I would say about 10% of accounting, bookkeeping, tax, payroll people a really good fit because we have all the systems dialed in and ready to go. They just have to be able to execute them. And so if they're not intimidated by systems and good processes, which believe it or not, a lot of people like to create their own, then they should probably create their own. But if they really want to springboard based upon the successful model that we've created, so they should give us a call and then allow us to follow up and have the conversation. As I think about it, so for sake of illustration. Let's say I'm a potential client of payroll and, mm-hmm. and that I'm interested in a franchise. Walk me through the time frame and process, if you would, from I'm interested to I'm on board to I'm now uh, running it. Yeah, running a payroll. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It can be pretty quick, actually. This is a scalable business that doesn't require a build out. From the time we get an initial call, we have a process. So we need to get an application do some reviews, have a phone call with me as the CEO, get some questions answered. Marilyn also walks them through a very kind of good education process about who we are and what we do. She's our franchise development lead. And uh, then we come in for discovery day and it's a really cool opportunity. Most of the day is spent with me, Tricia, our COO and my partner, spend some time with them, shows them our Littleton office. We don't make a decision at Discovery Day. It's really about us interviewing them and them interviewing us. We let them take a little bit of time. I probably ask them to do a little bit of homework after that. And those are scheduled basically twice a month. Yeah, about twice a month we have Discovery Day. Really easy to get to. So from the time you initially call, you're probably talking three to four weeks to get that invitation to Discovery Day and attend that. And then we usually look at another one to two weeks for our decision after that process and their decision. Obviously, it's a two-way street there. And from the time they make that decision, we usually have them trained within two to three weeks. And depending on how engaged and they are and ready. How does the training occur? You know, it occurs here. And we actually have three franchisees here today doing training. And so it's a three-day training. It's basically the foundation because we have about a 12-month checklist. Mm -hmm. So we can have them in business in two to three weeks, but to really build a business, it takes time. And my dad actually started the accounting firm in the mid-70s, and we're still growing and building 
and leveraging technology and doing things. So it's a journey. So we want to make sure they get off on the right foot. And then really the journey is theirs to take with us supporting them along the way. For the pricing, you know, I don't have any idea how long the iTunes podcast will stay on there. Yeah. But the pricing is available to be found on your website. It is. And before I forget, how do people find you on social media? Yeah. Obviously, payrollvault.com right. and the franchise opportunity link is there and it walks them through the information and, and how to contact. The best way really to, to connect with me personally is on LinkedIn. I definitely invite people to do that. I do quite a bit of education and speaking throughout the country and always happy to make myself available to people that have questions. And, and obviously, if they get engaged with Payroll Vault and the opportunity, I'll spend plenty of time with them and help them through the process. So the biggest mistake would be not calling. I, yes, I agree. The interesting thing to me is I do take advantage when I have access to people to thank them, to ask them a question especially if I know they can be important to my own success, reach out and maybe ask for a little bit of mentorship. I was attending a call last week, identified very important knowledge that this person has. I directly reached out to them and I literally have a mentor call with them next week, a very successful business owner and just really looking forward to the conversation. So yeah, I would highly recommend when you have opportunities to talk to people to connect. I noticed on the website that you also have a military opportunity for prior military. Absolutely. You know, they fit our model really well. They're systems people. One of our franchisees down in Texas, both came out of military and they're doing great. Rebecca and Seen are down in the Texas area and they've done a great job. So I do think our model suits the military very, very well and happy to offer that discount and help them achieve business success if they're interested. It was interesting this morning coming in. I met your gracious wife, mm -hmm. and we chatted a little bit about that you're a little bit unusual in that you have this perpetual entrepreneurial hmm. orientation. Sure. And you have started how many businesses? Well, you know, I don't often count because I, the ideas are always flowing. We Somebody came up with an idea yesterday, and they said, hold on, Sean. Right now, we currently have... If I look at our real estate and businesses today, we have four successful businesses. I'm working on one or two more, and they're all in alignment. So the one thing I work really hard at is making sure all of our teams get the proper support, proper leadership, and access to me. And it sounds like a lot. Oh my gosh, but when you enjoy not only the business aspect, but the personal aspect of Marilyn, my wife, we work together and just have a lot of fun. And to me, it's what I need to do. It's, it's helping creativity. people yeah, be successful. It's, you know, I noticed one of the questions you were proposed to me earlier was a quote, mm -hmm. right? And I don't often live by a quote, but entrepreneurship. And so I'm always interested in those thoughts. But the one quote that I've identified, or I would say I live is this culture quote. So the culture quote to me is something that I kind of came up with, but it's letting people have fun in a safe environment for mistakes to happen that allows business to thrive. So I kind of live that and you can kind of see how starting businesses helps foster that. It's creating opportunity for people. It's creating businesses that thrive. When you're aggressive in thought process, you'll make a few mistakes, 
but you have to have the right safety nets there to allow people to build businesses with you. And when you delegate that, when you trust those people, that's really what makes it work. It isn't necessarily about me. I'm the vision that helps things stay on track. It's really the people that make our businesses great. I think about the portion about allowing mistakes to occur. So for Mm -hmm. the small business owner, I am sure that their mistakes are many in the payroll space. Sure. And that allowed the opportunity for this particular business to come along and solve the problems of the small business owner. Yeah, the payroll process is extremely challenging for small business owners, unfortunately. Not only from the standpoint of federal regulation and state regulation, which is necessary because, you know, taxes have to be collected and paid, but there's also deeper controls that are being put in place with, um, you know, is somebody salaried or hourly? Are they truly an employee or contractor? Some people think that's a decision. It's really the employee contractor is not a decision. It's, it's a checklist. They are an employee or a contractor. It isn't a choice. So there's a lot of regulation that has to be managed. And our job is to help solve that. And when you solve those questions and problems, you remove that number one risk of the business owner and you allow them to do things that focus their energy on building their business because their people are happy. So payroll is almost really a fundamental component of all successful businesses. And we're happy to help facilitate that so they can be successful. Well, shifting gears a little bit. Okay. This is where I get to ask a few questions for you. And as you're going on this journey, has there been a recent book or an influential book that's altered your perception on being a CEO of this business? Yes. Actually, Trisha and I kind of work together and look at books that we think are going to help our organizations. She's a couple books ahead of me, but one we recently read was Traction by Gina Wickman. It really aligned with some work I was doing with a coach of mine, Dave Evans, with Real Leadership Coaching. And it was interesting how those two components really aligned. And we implemented that program. We have a framework for success. We have identified one-year, three-year, 10-year goals. We have monthly focused meeting. We revisit those goals and projects. And then we even have a level 10 meeting every single week with our top executives from all three of our companies. And we go through what's on the to-do list, what the questions are, what are any top concerns, what are our successes. Everybody is really focused in on how they contribute. And our companies are literally thriving as a result of that. How long ago did you adopt Traction? We were introduced to it about three years ago. took us about a year to get through it and really commit to it. All of our top management people read it. Tricia really took the lead in implementation about a year ago. We just kind of have ingrained it into our system. And so it's about a two to three year process. Again, it's it takes time. Those are the things that really make a dramatic impact in your business. And it's been great. You know, the good folks at Furniture for Life up in Boulder hmm. are going through the traction process. Great. And they're very similar experience to what you just said. Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. You know, for you, looking back, you know, we all have a failure or two in, in the business. What apparent failure, or at the time was a failure, has served you or your company best or set you up for future achievement and why? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I don't often look at decisions or events as failure. Oftentimes, I'm very aware that business is dynamic, and I think... If I look back 
any failure is what I would say a missed opportunity to change or to have some experience. So my biggest challenge is making sure we're constantly identifying what's in front of us, what our future is. So failure in planning, I guess, would be my biggest struggle. Sometimes I get going or you get distracted, but kind of stick to a plan and know that in order to get to the top of the mountain, it's going to take one step at a time. But being dynamic and willing to change is important. And I like that. So to me, any failure actually just creates, identifies either a fix or a, a new opportunity, but I'm not going to start any more businesses, right? It's, <laughs> called, it's yeah. called a learning opportunity. There right? you go. <laughs> I'm good with that. You know, if you could put an ad on page one of the local paper sharing your company's message or advice, what would it say and why? We have a brand identity document that is pretty deeply rooted around values, beliefs, mission, vision, why, all those things. And we're sticking to kind of the theme that we brought up in 2008. We're redefining payroll and how businesses use these technology and tools to be more successful. So we're very clear in our message that Hey, Payroll Vault is not only a great brand for clients, but a great organization to participate in and be involved with. Great business opportunity for under the franchise model. So our message is pretty clear is we're here to help business be more successful. For you, looking back on time allocation, what was the best allocation either of time or initiative that's helped you or your company most and why? Yeah, that's important. So I take a very focused approach in my day. I do at least 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes two to three hours of work that directly impacts the future of our company, how to help people. And it could be something as simple as yesterday, my commitment was to write a letter to our current franchisees. We're going to be sharing some exciting marketing and growth opportunities at our owner's exchange here in a couple of weeks. That was created as a to-do yesterday. So I tackled it. I got it done. But there's also areas that I want to express that are also important in leadership. And leadership is being available to people when they have a question. It's a learning opportunity. So anytime somebody reaches out to me, and that's what I love most about my day-to-day, is if I have an opportunity to help support a team member and take the extra 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and sometimes it is two hours, and really sitting down and sharing my knowledge and let them experience or share their experience, that's what I think is important. And that constantly then builds your business and moves it forward and builds their foundation and their knowledge. So investing in your company and your team. You know, we've often heard about how much time you spend in the business and how much time you spend on the business. Yep. For you, do you distinguish between the two? You know, I don't, other than there's a commitment, right? So I want to make a dramatic impact to everybody when I'm here. Sometimes I have to identify those and walk in and say, either great job or how did the project go? Do you need any help? But I also want to make sure all of our team members know that I'm available if they need help. People often say, how many hours do you work? I don't even know if I know that. I don't know if it's 30 or 40 hours a week or 60 or 70, because I have a very fluid approach to my day. If I need to leave it to and be available for something personal, I do that. But I also work to eight or nine o'clock at night if I need to take care of something for business. So I don't designate my day. I just make advancing our companies a top priority. 
What would you say was your most unusual habit or maybe what others may consider out of the ordinary that's helped you or your company most? I would say when you're building businesses, when you're adopting technology, when you're spending time with people, it often puts the perception that you're busy and you're maybe distracted and that you aren't available. But I can tell you that one of my habits is being extremely patient. So I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of projects. I have a lot of to-dos. And I will actually patiently let those rest. And I don't think people really identify that's happening. But a lot of times business unfolds in ways that not only you may have missed a thought that's important, so it helps mature the thought, but it also puts you in position to take advantage of the situation. So being patient with your thought, being patient with your projects, being patient with your people and your thought process, I think is something that's important when you're moving as quickly as we are. So I think through things very patiently. You know, over the past few years, what belief or protocol have you established in your company that has most impacted you or your company? Technology is extremely important to us today, the adoption of it. You know, for you to be sitting in our office and going through a process like this, it's amazing. I learned something today, all these cool tools and techniques that really help communicate messages and share ideas. So technology being a little agile, leveraging technology, and just understanding what makes business work today. So that would be kind of my thought process there. The decision-making people today has changed. It used to be, I call it an affirmation process to purchase. So how many confirmations or affirmations does it take to buy something? Technology has moved that from about three to four 20 years ago. Remember when you had the yellow pages and then you picked up the phone call and you had a meeting and your decision was done, right? Mm -hmm. That was three affirmations. Today, the affirmation process is actually in the 12 to 15 range. There's still a lot of validity in the one-on-one. So you're still going to have the meeting. They still might want a referral, but technology has actually created the opportunity to do the other 10 or 15 affirmations for the buyer on their own right? So if they go to your website, they see you on LinkedIn, they look at a video, they see you contributing knowledge, all of those are affirmations. And now we actually have people calling us that have already gone through those first 10 or 11. And they're calling us and saying, you know, I've done a lot of research on you. Can I work with you? So using technology and understanding the buying dynamics of today, those are just things that you need to pay attention to. And hopefully that kind of answers the question. It was a little bit. So those are just something to share again in making sure that you're leveraging the resources that are available to you. Well, you know, just understanding the steps in the decision process or by process. Yep. You know, when you're going, if there's 12, is that typical? Is that more? Is there a way to take and bridge from 12 to 10? I mean, you know, so just understanding that I think is a great insight. You know, for you, if you were going to offer advice to a new CEO, that's uh, taking mm. the role of CEO for the first time. What would your advice be? A couple things. Be accessible, number one, is I think the number one thing there. And supporting the organization at a level that's just really constructive. It's a role that 
is very interesting. There's a lot of components to it. And being in the franchise space, I'm exposed to a lot of CEOs. There's a lot of confidence there oftentimes, but I think the kind of being real in the whole scope of it. One thing that surprises people a lot is when I answer the phone. So if I'm at my desk, I will answer my phone and I get the comment all the time. Wow, you answered your phone. And yeah, but I'm here and Just I'm tell available. Just one of your key skill sets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so being a CEO is really, I think, making that effort to just support people and support thought. The younger generation has a tremendous power to our organizations today and a, this thought of culture and what that is. And, and the reason why I defined it earlier is because you have to define it. I listen to a lot of CEOs talk. A lot of people, are, this verbiage of culture is on the table. They say they have a great culture, but they weren't, aren't quite sure why. Now, they're functioning well, but they really haven't defined that. Maybe it's something a little bit beyond that in what I call a uh, company essence. So a CEO's job is to express what our company essence is, who we are, what we do, and give people the voluntary skills to make an impact on our customers, the people that we work with. So it's the voluntary things that really kind of change business in my mind that people that experience that you didn't expect, right? Can I do something today that you didn't expect from me that makes an impact? So I think CEOs need to foster that thought. And so, you know, and for the folks going, huh? Sure. So in your company, what would that look like from one of your employees interfacing with one of your franchisees? What type of voluntary mm -hmm. authority do you allow that employee to have? Yeah. And being a CPA myself, a very technical person, I had to learn this and I still work hard to learn it today. A good example is as a payroll company, you would think that we write paychecks and we print reports, right? And so our day can get pretty systematized and we write paychecks, print reports. We write paychecks, print reports. So it's over and over and over, very transactional. What we teach our people to do is to also pick up the phone and say thank you. Or when somebody comes in, hey, you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee? How's business? How's your day? And it sounds crazy, but it's the personal things that you do, the voluntary things. It isn't transactional. It's a voluntary. So however you can position it to be offering voluntary experiences that change people's perception, that's what it's about. So a CEO, their job is to create that experience for their people and their customers at probably a high level, but their people that work with them directly. That's who your customers are is, is your people. And then when your people learn that, they then do it with your customers and clients. That's how that culture is created, is that company essence. It's part of that. For you, what do you think are the most common misconceptions about you or your role as CEO? Probably that I'm not accessible a little bit. I think that's just the overall theme. For me, I work hard to make sure that that's not the case. And as CEO, maybe that what I'm doing to contribute. So that's why our level 10 meetings every week are so important. They identify exactly how I contribute. And then I also want to be able to support people at, at a very close level. So if you have a problem, I'm there to support. I think a lot of times people's perception of that position is more of a figurehead, just being somebody there at the company. But, you know, I'm pretty hands-on. 
I like to understand what's going on. Over the past few years, what would or should you have said no to and why? I've kind of read articles and things that you do have to say no to some things. I don't know. I'm probably, I'm very open with information and knowledge. I wouldn't say that that has deterred my commitment to it, but people's perception probably might be that I should have been a little bit more cautious in information. But, you know, the crazy thing to me is I've had tremendous mentors that have shared their knowledge. And to be quite honest, I'm having a conversation next week with somebody that shared some pretty intimate knowledge about their business. And I just kind of want to live that. I want to be available and share information and help other people be successful. We all have plenty of opportunity to create ideas and to move them forward. If I had an idea and somebody moved it forward, good for them. So it's, I think, saying no to answering the question too often, maybe, is probably what I probably should have said no to. You know, and as you're going on your day-to-day operation of your company as CEO, what's that personal habit or self-talk, you know, that uh, keeps you and the company focused? Interesting questions. My self-talk is just very motivational. Probably the best way for me to deal with it is, you know, adrenaline, right? I'm, I had to take Dale Carnegie to learn to do a two-minute presentation on who I am uh, several years ago. <laughs> so it's not my natural instinct to stand up in front of an audience for two or three or four hours and, and do a presentation. So at some point, I figured out that that wasn't necessarily nervousness. That was adrenaline. And when you reposition adrenaline into motivation... That is extremely powerful because now you've taken the scare factor out and you've created this adrenaline factor that that helps you execute and just have an amazing day. So usually I get home at the end of the day, I'm pretty dang tired. And actually, that's the best time of the day for me to really work out because it kind of it releases that exhaustion a little bit. To me, my self-talk is almost motivational because I feel like... I've taken what I do every day and it's, it's hugely motivational. You know, if I need 15 or 20 minutes to get something done, I shut my door, I get it done and I'm excited because at the end of the day, my day has been pretty complete in what I wanted to accomplish. That's not typical to have a really good <laughs> success, you know, and so we're kind of coming to a close. So if, if I was to talk to colleagues and ask them what you're best at. What would they say and how do you utilize that strength on a day-to-day basis? I'm pretty balanced in my understanding of technology, technical details. I do have a pretty clear vision. I like to draw pictures on my whiteboard and leave them there and just kind of surround me with kind of thought. Some people are like, what the heck is this? When I walk them through, it makes sense, but it's kind of my thought process just right there. I have large post-it notes with thoughts and ideas until I can organize them and put them in a plan. I work really hard in just kind of surrounding myself with very actionable things that I need to do and then very thought-provoking concepts that are on my wall or on my whiteboard and just out there kind of motivating me on a daily basis. So, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little distracted with the no, question, no, but in no, my I, own thoughts. But You know, I think about as we've gone through here, and I get to ask questions, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a one-way event at that point, but love hearing the story of your company. It was fun chatting with your wife beforehand. For you, if you were to look out over the next three to five years on your company, what do you see coming for your company? Oh, it's awesome, because when you write that down and you see it and make it tangible and it can actually monitor your progress as you go, it's pretty exciting. 
we're building a payroll vault brand that's going to make it's going to make a dramatic impact on how people really perceive the payroll process and how it supports business and so our goal is there's a couple big ones out there our goal is to be the top 5 3 brands in the market in the future now 3 years 5 years 10 years i'm not going to necessarily predict when that might happen but we're going to continue to grow an organization that is going to be very valuable to the communities and to the business environment in general, but it's also going to create some very rewarding experiences for the people that own those companies and that work for those companies. That's what it's really all about to me, is making sure that people have amazingly satisfying careers and businesses and then support their local communities and business owners there. Well, Sean, I tell you, I know you're pressed for time today. Oh, no problem. Back to the uh, schedule and execution event. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time and being on the podcast today. Oh, great questions. Thank you very much. And and hopefully there was some great information for us to share today, Bob. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you.